and I, and I think just to your point on intersectionality, you know, we've had some and slightly linking it back to the storytelling as well. You know, we've had some real powerful moments over the last sort of 12 months around some stories that, you know, people have been brave enough to come forward and share around religion, sexuality, and, you know, just those things that actually none of us are just one thing. You know, we're all so many different elements. And um, and I think that's some, one thing that we've really pushed is is how do we sort of celebrate that and, um, you know, yeah, and through that power of storytelling. And, and it's shifting now as well in terms of, we, you know, we very good at putting on an event at Heathrow. We love a, you know, we love an International Women's Day event. We love a Pride event, you know, we love all of that. But actually what we're also now starting to see is the natural progression, I think, into that space where our networks and our resource groups are really starting to influence our policies, our processes and our ways of working. Hi everyone, welcome back to the All Inclusive podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Adam Sunderland, Head of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion at Heathrow. During the episode, we discuss the key steps Adam's taken to attract a more diverse workforce, increase awareness and understanding around DEI issues among airport staff and engage employees who may be sceptical or resistant to DEI initiatives. Adam also shares a successful DEI initiative he's implemented, as well as the strategies he's found to be most effective in fostering a more inclusive and equitable environment. As always, before jumping into the video, make sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on your notification bell and follow on your favourite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. That being said, let's jump in. Hi, Adam. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well indeed. Oh, I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm glad I'm speaking to a fellow UK person. I've had <laughs> <laughs> I've had quite a few people from across the pond speaking to, which has been fantastic. And I'm not going to say it hasn't, but it's always nice to meet a fellow UK. Yes. Definitely. Well, I'm glad I can oblige today and bring bring you home. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey to where you are today? Yeah, of course. Happy to. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. It's an absolute honour. Um, so, yeah, so I'm Heathrow's um, Head of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. Um, I've been at the airport five and a half years now. Um, and previous to that, I worked in the transport sector. Um, so I always joke that I kind of swap trains for planes. Um, I do think planes are slightly a bit more exciting. Um, and I think the airport comes with a real fantastic buzz. Um, I grew up in the north, so I'm a, a northerner. Uh, made the move down south uh, to London uh, about 14, 15 years ago now, um, but still very much kind of roots back in, in the north. Um, and I guess that's where a bit of my journey sort of starts, really. I grew up in the north um, as a gay as a gay man. Um, so coming out and things kind of feeling quite excluded at school and feeling like I never really sort of fitted in. I never really found my group. Um, don't get me wrong, I had amazing friends, I had a, an amazing supportive family who kind of knew I was gay even before I did, but, you know, it's that kind of normal story, I think, with a lot of families, and, and I feel very lucky and privileged to have kind of been in that position. Um, but what that did do is it really got me thinking about you know feeling different and kind of recognizing where did I fit in in the world and it probably wasn't until I kind of came to the big smoke of London and kind of found myself and, and kind of really became sort of true to who I was um, and yeah really sort of that's where I was sort of drawn to HR I guess then as a career um, and uh, that's been my career really so HR professional uh, various uh, 
roles through through my time, HR business partnering, um, uh, which I guess comes with a real kind of variety and difference in terms of everything you get involved with. And one of the big things I got involved with was uh, equality and diversity. Um, and soon became that that was something that kind of became a real passion of mine, a real kind of um, something that I could feel we could really make a difference, which kind of really linked back to, I think, um, you know, that kind of being at school, I'm, I'm feeling a bit different and how can I make things better for everybody? Um, and I think that's one of my sort of values is how do I want to make sure I leave the world a better place for everybody? Um, and I think through the work I now do, I can I can do that. Um, so soon became really involved with networks. Um, so um came kind of got involved with uh, various roles across different networks um but i guess the real sort of privilege came when i was uh, the chair of the lgbtq plus network here at heathrow um i did that role for two years i was supported by an amazing team of people um and i guess you know just having that kind of honor really to kind of run a network um it was hard work because you're doing it on top of a busy day job but actually that then gave me that real fire and passion to to make edi um a real part of what I did and so when the opportunity came up um, about 18 months ago now to become the head of EDI here at Heathrow I kind of jumped at the chance and it sort of felt like a real uh, I guess dream opportunity to to come along and um, I'm really passionate about this industry um, I think it's a fantastic exciting place to work um, and to have the kind of armband if you like to uh, to yeah to run the EDI agenda here uh, I think is, is is so fantastic and I'm supported by a wonderful team I've got three direct reports uh, and even that you know I feel really lucky to have an EDNI team because I recognize that not everybody has that <laughs> sometimes yeah. we've you know a lot of people in our profession are doing this completely on their own and so um yeah we're in a really lucky position but I yeah very much love coming to work every day oh lovely that's so that's so good to hear and I think I mean aviation historically has been a very much of a less not not very diverse industry so I'm I'm interested to hear from you what are the key steps that you've taken to to really attract that more diverse talent Yeah um and I think it's a, it comes a lot down to 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 I think four areas for me so i think the first one is around our community so for those of you that don't know where heathrow is um, i'll paint a bit of a picture uh, we're west london so london and actually the area that we're in it's very diverse um and so actually how do we make that an, an appealing um organization to come and work for because you have an employer on your doorstep ultimately and we know that our um, kind of community is really diverse so getting out into that community promoting heathrow as a fantastic place to come and work um and you know i think a lot of people that work at the airport come from our community and we know that you know we've been able to really draw upon that and our diversity certainly in our front 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 line roles um is um is is really strong and actually that's where we see that growth and we've seen that shift um so we get out into the community we go and talk to local schools local communities and we give a lot back to our community and i think that's a, a real a driver in helping to promote the industry and, and promote the the airport um, but then that comes with careers. So I think that's the, the kind of next strand is really making that um, as a really a, attractive place to come and work and have your career. Um, and that goes beyond more than just a great recruitment campaign. 
And so we've we've gone out and we've done some fantastic recruitment campaigns with great diversity in them and you know great inspiring um content but equally for me then it's got to come back to well what's it actually like to work here so around creating that culture because for me you know we can push out and we can get the right demographic and we can get that diverse workforce but if they then come and work here and the culture isn't quite right or the processes aren't quite right or the you know the the ways of working and the, the general kind of practices aren't diverse then everybody's just going to leave anyway so I think it's then how do we engage and educate people um, and my kind of two final pieces and I think it's really about how do we engage and get people to um to tell their stories I think the key thing for me through all of this is the power of storytelling and the narrative I think you know we've if we've got colleagues who are willing to come forward and share their stories around how fantastic an organization it is and they can be a bit of a role model then um i think that uh, it, you know can be really really powerful um and then yeah the education piece i think you know understanding and helping to build that capability um around why this is important and um you know what the work that we are doing but equally education from a um you know telling people about transition at work and um, menopause and all of those things i think um you know is so critical um because it again shows that we are here to really make that difference and we're not just doing a great campaign you know we, we've got the real core elements internally when you get here as well yeah, no, that, that sounds great. And I mean, I'm a total advocate for, for storytelling as well. Um, I think it's so important. And I think it's a key element, I believe, in growing and increasing that understanding of what mm. um, EDI actually is. So I'm, I'm interested to hear from you if there's anything in particular that you found that was really effective in, in addition to storytelling to really bring that awareness and understanding amongst all of the uh, staff that you have got at the airport. So I think it's listening as well. So <laughs> I think it's a, a great kind of that people go out and talk, but actually let's go and listen to colleagues as well. So let's really get in, get in and amongst our operational colleagues. You know, 70% of our workforce pretty much are frontline colleagues. So they're either doing the security lanes, they're out in the airfield. So they're not desk-based. They're not easy to contact. They don't sit and do emails all day long or don't sit at a desk all day long. Um, you know, they're out doing operational roles, making our airport run. Um, so when we've got the opportunity and we do that a lot through roadshows and through kind of briefings and things like that where we can, I think listening to what they're saying and really kind of getting under that and then helping to build our action plans based on what we're hearing. Um, and I'm really proud that our strategy is based on that. So. Uh, colleague voice has a big part to play in our strategy um, and a lot of what we are trying to achieve is what we've listened to colleagues saying so I think yes it's great that we can tell those stories and we can go out and promote those role models but equally we've got to get in amongst them certainly when you've got that big operational workforce you've really got to got to listen to them because they're the ones that you know they're your future leaders coming through the organization they're the most most vocal you know they're the ones that are going to you know um communicate with each other and really push that out and but equally they're the ones that need to understand sometimes a bit more about this because they are we don't connect with them as often and we don't we can't just send an email or a blog or a you know put a story on our kind of internal uh intranet but so it's about that real kind of getting out, connecting with people and really listening, I think, to our colleagues. Um, and we've got our four diversity networks as well. So um, we've, you know, 
the kind of standard ones we've got uh, our disability network our gender network our uh, ethnicity and culture and then our lgbtq plus network um, and we are at the moment uh, setting up our first parent and carer network as well so we're expanding our um, network and again that's a really great example of We've heard a lot from colleagues recently about, you know, I'm a parent, I'm struggling with, you know, just general life as a parent. I'm struggling because my child needs some additional support. Uh, my child is coming out. Um, and what we started to hear a lot about actually was uh, it was parents that was coming that were coming to our networks going, can you help me or you know, can I need some advice or I want to come and listen to that transition at work webinar that you're delivering because my child has just told me that they want to transition. And so I think that parent and carer network was the natural next step for us as an organization. So I think that brings to life just a, a bit of an example, hopefully, that you know, we've really listened and, and we've now acted upon that and we're in the process of setting that new network up. And I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really popular one. <laughs> it's great to hear that you have taken on board what you've been listened, like you, you're really listening to, to your staff and what they're saying and are, are putting kind of your words to action, really. Mm. And also what I find interesting in what you said is that you've it, it's not a case of like you've just set all of these groups up because I do find that there's a lot of organizations out there that they are aware of that employee resource groups is is a good thing to have um, and it's an essential part in in being able to create that inclusive environment for your employees but actually um, you need to kind of make sure that you're going at the right pace do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's one thing. Yes, you need those those groups, but you need to kind of set them up according to to what your actual demographic is, mm. what your what your staff are actually saying. And it, it does definitely sound as though that's kind of what you've done. You've started off with with some key groups in the first instance and then listened a little bit more and, and are now mm. setting up the parent and carer group, which yeah. is is from experience. I think it's it's definitely me personally. I find that those groups are are extremely helpful for me and it goes towards the intersectionality as well element yeah, of, of so powerful. Um, DEI because it's not a case of I could be I'm a woman of color and so I belong to a lot of the um underrepresented groups ERG so kind of black black women in power black women in leadership I go to those groups but I'm also a mum um mm. do you know and and also I've got um responsibilities for for my grandparents so I can sometimes take on that care responsibility so it, there's there's a number of different things that layers to me and, and to many people. So I think it's really important that you've got enough groups out there that are that you feel that you're able to to touch not just the one but quite um, quite a few different ones actually. And I, and I think just to your point on intersectionality, you know, we've had some and slightly linking it back to the storytelling as well. You know, we've had some real powerful moments over the last sort of 12 months around some stories that, we, you know, people have been brave enough to come forward and share around religion, sexuality, and, you know, just those things that actually none of us are just one thing. You know, we're all so many different elements. And um, and I think that's some, one thing that we've really pushed is is how do we sort of celebrate that? And, um, you know, yeah, and through that power of storytelling. And, and it's shifting now as well in terms of, we, you know, we very good at putting on an event at Heathrow. We love a, you know, we love an International Women's Day event. We love a Pride event, you know, we love all of that. But actually what we're also now starting to see is the natural progression, I think, into that space where, 
our networks and our resource groups are really starting to influence our policies, our processes and our ways of working and really bringing that colleague voice in and saying, right, well, actually, this is what people are saying. This is what we think we need to do. And, you know, they've been really inf influential. They're very vocal. You know, they hold me to account <laughs> and rightly so, you know, that's that's their role. And and I think it's just been wonderful to see that progression over time in terms of um, the growth of the, the resource groups and, and the power that they can have as well. And, you know, from an EDNI leader perspective, I think, you know, there's such a fantastic resource and yeah we couldn't do it without them oh fantastic and so how do you measure the success of these initiatives and programs that, that you do put in place yeah so we we take sort of a few different approaches um uh, and I'm a kind of firm believer in kind of delivering everything in a bit of a programmatic way. So drives my team mad. Um, <laughs> but I love a plan. I love, a you know, a tracker and some milestones um, and actually really taking a bit of a sort of project management approach in terms of, um, you know, one th we deliver one thing before we can move on to the next. And um, obviously some agility in that as well. It's not always it doesn't always naturally flow in that world. But we're, we're realistic as well. And we're you know operating in a very complex, challenging, fast paced business. Um, but I think doing it in that way helps us to be able to stop and celebrate those successes along the way and say, right, we've delivered this and, and kind of measuring that. Um, we measure engagement around inclusion as well. So we have our engagement survey, um, we have an inclusion section within that, um, and we measure how people are feeling about uh, the question is, you know, how inclusive do you believe that Heathrow is and do you agree or strongly disagree with the statement? Um, and we've seen an 8% increase in that over the last 12 months, and I think that's come through the work that we're doing. Uh, I think really shifting some of that culture, really improving our policies and going back to the basics um, on some of our things. And, you know, we've introduced a menopause guidance package. We've introduced transition at work guidance. And I think all of those things is creating that culture that I talked about in terms of, you know, it's not just about bringing the diverse people in. It's about creating the right environment when they're here. Um, so we measure it through that. Um, and then we also measure our demographic data as well, as, as I'm sure a lot of us do. So um, looking at our, our kind of how our makeup as an organisation, um, but we're almost trying to kind of um, and we have set some targets publicly. We, you know, we've kind of gone out there a few a couple of years ago and set some public targets around our senior leadership. Um, which, you know, we're working towards and we're, we're making really good progress on. But for me, I think, you know, it's really about uh, culture bit underneath as well it's it shouldn't just be about the representation um it has to be about we're creating the right culture oh, yeah. at the same time so so I guess through those three sort of measures really around um yeah the engagement the kind of demographic and then that real kind of milestone approach and kind of programmatic approach um yeah I, I think really helps us to understand where we are against um what we're trying to achieve oh that sounds fantastic and so what would you say is one thing that DEI leaders aren't talking enough about but they really should. Yeah, this is a great question, and it, I, I was sort of um, I've been pondering a few, and I think um, for me, um, it, it's a little bit around sort of vulnerability, and it's our sort of own vulnerability. I think we we look to other leaders and kind of you know they've been vulnerable enough, they would be brave enough, and and I think what I mean by the vulnerability piece is almost. Um, we're so passionate about what we do. You know, we're all in this because we want to make a difference. We all, you know, we all kind of are very clear in terms of why we do what we do. But it's, you know, it's a tough gig. It's a hard, hard thing to do. And, you yeah. know, we are, we're balancing a lot of the times, you know, big organizational agendas, 
colleague agendas, trying to find that right balance. Sometimes it takes a while to align those um, uh, align those agendas. It's really emotive. You know, you're dealing with people's emotions, people's characteristics, you know, who people are and who they're passionate about it. So I think balancing all of that can sometimes really feel it's, you know, it's really tough. And a lot of the time on my drive home, I, you know, I think, right, are we doing enough? Are we driving enough forward? Are we going quick enough? Are we moving some of these things forward enough? And I think it's been able to kind of be, be vulnerably enough to kind of stop and go, right, you know, am I okay? Am I doing enough in this space? Do I feel okay? We are taking that time and, you know, are we taking the right approach. So I think it's about really, yeah, that understanding of it's, it's tough for us as leaders in this space and are we are we looking after ourselves enough? <laughs> I think sometimes as DNI leaders, we're so focused on looking after everybody else and making sure everybody else is, is okay. Yeah. Sometimes we just sort of forget to go right. Actually, are we okay? Are we are we how how are we feeling with all of this? Because you know sometimes it's a lot. But um, so I think I've learned that over the last sort of eighteen months in doing this role in terms of actually sort of yeah just really stopping and kind of having those moments where I you know like yeah we're heading in the right direction I'm okay or I need to take that time to just stop and pause and think about it so I think recognizing in ourselves that you know it's it's a real challenge and how can we support each other um, and, and one of the things that we've kind of really done as an organization where I guess we're in a really unique position at Heathrow where we have a community that we call Team Heathrow um, so we are only one very small part of the airport and so about six and a half thousand people that work for Heathrow Airport directly. However, there's probably about 70, 75,000 people that work at the airport. So if you then take into, you know, retail, airlines, baggage handlers, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's a fantastic community to be part of. And we're all here for one goal, you know, to deliver the airport, make it happen, get passengers off on their journey safely. So actually being able to draw upon some of those organizations, what are they doing in this space? What are they kind of going after? Uh, and I've built a bit of an internal network. So I think, you know, go and find a network, go and talk to other people, go and learn, share knowledge, cry on each other's shoulders, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but equally, then use that power of that network to, to you know, to achieve what you want to achieve. Because, you know, we've worked with some of our partners, some of our supply chain, uh, and we've had some fantastic success stories in, in what we've been going after. So I think, you know, I recognize not every organization has that, but, you know, go and talk to others in your industry, go and talk to others in similar sectors or, or just connect, you know, and, and find others in in this industry in terms of DEI and, and and find out more from each other and learn. I think soak it all up and take it all in and yeah, because because we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I, I'm so glad that you you touched upon um the the topic of kind of having partners and building an internal network because a lot of uh, especially like the larger organisations. Yes, you've got your own direct employees, but you will have your outside customers your other businesses that you partner with for, for different for various different reasons in order for your business to operate in the way that it does. So um, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more from you on on building that kind of relationship and introducing your own goals for as for Heathrow as, as your goals for, for kind of creating a, a diverse, inclusive environment, but also kind of branching out to those partners. How How was that experience? Was it easily receptive to everybody did you face any challenges when you kind of started those conversations 
Yeah, so so there was some challenges, and I think we sort of we started doing it about yeah probably about twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, and we were obviously in the whole kind of labour market. I mean, we're still in the labour market challenge, aren't we? We're not we're not over it yet, um, and so it was almost a little bit of like, oh, are we kind of stepping on toes because we're all sort of trying to recruit, we're all trying to get the airport back up and running after COVID, and you know everybody was you know kind of having those same challenges, but equally then well, surely there's some power in in what we can achieve and you know we have opportunities through you know if people maybe didn't make certain criteria for some of our roles could they you know go and uh, and we have some strict criteria for some of our roles um but you know that doesn't mean to say that their skill set doesn't transfer to a retail offering or you know a food and beverage offering or something like that so was there power in that and actually through that you know real opportunity and recognizing that as opposed to oh no we're having those candidates you're not having them kind of thing um, and really recognising it in that sense. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do was almost just bring everybody together um, and just understand what we were all doing, first of all, and just kind of what people were after and where everybody was on this journey. Um, and so last September, we used National Inclusion Week as, a, as an opportunity to do that. Um, we brought lots of the organizations I mean there is probably about 300 400 organizations that make Heathrow run uh, we didn't have all of them um, but we had a good <laughs> we had we had a good chunk of them and um and I guess what we we spent the morning doing we had about four hours together um, and we heard from a range of organizations like from American Airlines to some of our consultancy firms and things like that just in what they're doing and I guess what that then gave us was a, that ability to go, right, well, you know, we're going after similar things, so let's learn, let's kind of, you know, um, take and share from each other. Um, but equally, we then we almost recognise that actually that, you know, that's a, their, their industry thing and we don't necessarily need to go for that. You know, somebody like a big airline who is global might be going after very different things and have a slightly different agenda. So it was rec understanding and recognising each other's agendas. Where could there be opportunities to go after that? And I think because we were all in the room together, we all kind of heard from each other, it was really inspiring. Um, I guess what it then did is, is kind of like raise that passion because, you know, everybody in the room was, is passionate about this agenda and we all want to make a difference. So I think starting at that level was the, I think the successful way to do it. Um, and we're hoping to do another one this year. Um, and I guess and it's just building on that now and, you know, then pulling on those networks to say, oh, we're trying this. And, um, you know, how did you manage that maybe? And, and just kind of, you know, really learning from each other. Um, but I, I guess obviously always with that level of, you know, we protect some of our own stuff as well because, you know, we have to by the nature of it. But I think when it comes to something like inclusivity and, and diversity I think you know there's a real power that we can kind of share and learn and, um, and pull in on each other and I think that's what I found um, really helped and I was you know more than happy to um, share our, uh, our strategy and what we were doing we'd established that probably about a year or so before um, and uh, and equally you know there were organizations that were way ahead and so it was like right great let's go and talk to them what are they doing like yeah, why have, yeah. how have they got so far ahead mm -hmm. but equally then there were some organizations coming to us going we don't know where to start like we've literally no idea what we're doing in the you know and, and can you help and can you help us kind of create some stuff and so for me that was just a fantastic opportunity to a impart some knowledge but equally go and soak up loads of other knowledge as well and 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 I think, yeah, it was just a fantastic opportunity and yeah, really, again, kind of driving the power of networks, I think. Oh, that literally, I'm, I'm so pleased. Like that's, <laughs> I no, no, because honestly, um, your Heathrow is a huge organisation. As you said, you've got a number, a massive amount of partners um, and a massive amount of, of stakeholders. And it's, 
it's great to hear that you can un- you understand the value in not hoarding all of mm. not hoarding this because it isn't like creating diverse and inclusive environments for people at an organization is not a task that should be only one person or just solely kind of an internal situation yeah. that you're you're dealing with do you know like so it's the key to success i believe is actually reaching out and sharing this is where and being transparent about this is where we are in our journey this is what what we've implemented so far here's what we've learned from doing it mm-hmm. um wh- where are you guys at what have you got to offer where, where how can we help you yeah. um it's it, i think it's it's just a key element of any sort of relationship i think is is there needs to be a give and take so you can't always take 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 it's it's like a, a conversation that i had with an, a leader a, a couple of months back is literally about any sort of relationship for any sort of successful relationship you there needs to be a give and take you you kind of can't always constantly like take 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 i need this i need this i need that you need to be able to offer something back in order for for anything to really flourish and and to mm. succeed and, and advance and also for us to, to, to ugh, i can't get my words out for a sustainability perspective as well, like if you really want to make sure that all of these great, all of this great work that you're putting in actually sticks and is going to be successful, you you kind of need to to be un- unafraid to fail and and mm-hmm. be open to sharing where you are. Right. So. Yeah. No, I'm 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 so pleased for this. I'm so much enjoying this conversation. Adam. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's great. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and I, I I just say that I loved your point around the um the kind of you know preparing to fail and kind of recognizing that we're not always going to get this right. And I think, you know, we're all on a, such a learning curve, and you know. The, the whole kind of industry or the kind of sector around diversity inclusion has changed so much in the last few years and you know and all for the right reasons but you know it's it's moving at that pace and we're all trying to keep up and we're all trying to take it all in and you know build the right things and sometimes we don't quite get it right and it's been able to kind of just go okay we didn't quite get that right we'll learn from it we'll take it forward we'll move on and and I think getting everybody to kind of recognize that and you know it's conversation we have a lot with our networks is really kind of you know and our resource groups in terms of making sure that you know we're all fighting for the same things we're all kind of powering for the same things and we're all kind of wanting to really make that difference and um you know and, and it's in those moments where sometimes in those discussions it does get a bit heated because of course it's going to do because you know we've all got our interests but ultimately and that's the moment i sort of will stop and pause and say right everybody <laughs> you know passion's in the room we can feel it but it's about bringing it back to that one objective and that one goal that we're going for yeah and, yeah and learning from yeah from each other as we've talked about it's just no, so powerful definitely I think actually that leads me on to my next question that I had for you was in terms of kind of what do you do when you've got that pushback when things when you're having to have those difficult conversations or those conversations that you're really passionate about and, and you're getting some uh, negative comments and it's, <laughs> it's not quite going in the direction that you're wanting it to go in um, yeah. how do you how do you deal with that um so I think for me, there is real power in data. So I love data. Um, and I think, you know, I think the one thing that I set out when I started in this role was, right, what data can I get my hands on? What are we saying? What are we kind of, you know, wh- where are we as an organization? And so then when you do get that pushback, if you've got the ability to have the data to kind of help your conversation to say, well, actually, that's not what colleagues are saying, or, you know, that's not what the data is telling us, because, you know, a, not, you know, majority of the time, the data isn't lying. 
Um, so I think, you know, it's about really building that data, really helping to use that data to tell a story because, you know, we can all have a lovely spreadsheet, um, but if that, you know, it's got to tell the story, it's got to be able to kind of tell the insight. Um, and, you know, and I, I think for me, that's been a real success is being able to kind of pull on that data. Um, but equally, I think, you know, sometimes it's just starting the conversation and kind of asking the why, but why do you feel like that? Why are you negative? What are you, you know, what do you understand about it? And, you know, I think we've had some really interesting conversations around, you know, quite big topics and, you know, privilege and things like that. And, you know, people sort of recognizing, oh, privilege is negative. I, you know, I'm a white man. And so actually I'm just, you know, I'm seen as the bad guy because I've got this privilege. And I'm like, well, no, it's not necessarily about that. And let's explore that. And how do you feel? And, and you know, really just helping them dig a bit deeper into to some of that and, and using then some of the tools and some of the educational pieces to, you know, and, and getting them to understand it a bit different. So I think, yeah, don't be don't be afraid to start the conversation and just and just ask the why questions and keep asking the why questions um, and pull in your experts as well. So, you know, use your networks, bring them into that conversation if there's something specific that they um, that they are quite, quite getting or, um, you know, we've had lots of conversations recently about um, transitioning at work and trans issues and, um, you know, obviously everything going on in the press and, and around the world at the moment with it as well. And I think, you know, we've had to face into some conversations and we've got a real challenge at the airport because we have, you know, quite gender binary roles in terms of male, female security officers and how do we sort of play into some of that. And, and it's about, yeah, using our expertise, bringing some experts in as well. And don't be afraid to go, you know, when we developed our transition at work guidance, um, we very conscious that actually nobody around the table was trans so yeah. you know we were we were from the lgbtq plus community but none of us were trans so we were like right okay we can create this policy and i'm sure it'll be great however <laughs> we're not hearing from people who have been through that experience where's that lived experience and so um went out to connect with colleagues but equally we went and spoke to some charities and we connected with some brilliant trans charities and sort of spoke to them about you know what what is it that should be in this guidance what um um what is doing that so yeah so i think data is super critical um but has to tell the story can't just be a really great spreadsheet um, we all love a spreadsheet um <laughs> i love a spreadsheet yeah me too <laughs> don't be afraid to start the conversation uh, and yeah and pull in your experts you know really bring them in and, and bring that bring that piece to life i think is, is really important mm, oh i'm honestly adam and the thing is is that we see it time and time again where companies come out with new products or new policies and there's at the, at the first instance first couple of sentences first look you're like okay great fantastic when you take a deeper look they're like actually no that this doesn't really help the demographic in which you're actually trying to aim this yeah. product at or this policy at like who was in the room when you thought of this like <laughs> do you know what i mean and it's, yeah. it's it's such a simple thing like if you're if you're creating a policy that is in order to to cater and assist the the transgender community you would expect that you had somebody in the room from that community to help give you some guidance and, and a steer yeah. in the right direction and if you don't it's actually taking that extra step and reaching out to those people which i'm i'm so pleased to hear that that is something that you guys have done and it's it's a running thread that for anyone who is listening or for any organization if you're looking at putting in a policy not just for for the trans community but for any particular demographic or for any any new thing yeah. that you feel that you're trying to cater to a, a particular group of people then ensure that those people are in the room when you're creating it um, because that's when you know you're on the right path, right? 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it, it's it, that's great to hear. Um, just before you do leave us, could you give one piece of parting advice that you would offer to any leader out there for tomorrow who are trying to advance their their DEI initiatives in their organisation? Yeah, I think for me, it's um, I think it's about taking those moments to stop, celebrate, and share our successes. I think we can be so in the on the wheel of just moving things forward, making that difference, and you know, doing such fantastic work in this space that sometimes we forget and to just go right. Okay, hang on a minute. We've delivered that piece of work now. We've got that initiative over the line. We've got that new policy over the line. Let's shout about it. Let's talk about it. Let you know so much. And I think this is a HR thing generally as well. I think you know sometimes we just do things under the radar and we go right. That new policy is there now, but we don't. You know, I think shout about it and take that moment to stop and celebrate the work you're doing because it will make a difference and it, it you know is making a difference and I think really just share that success and I think it's something that we all have to check ourselves in on sometimes we go right hang on a minute we didn't we didn't celebrate that we didn't stop and shout about it and so I think for me that you know keep doing what we're doing but just take those moments every now and again to go right wow you know and reflect on what you've you, you have delivered because you know you will have delivered so much and you just kind of go wow you know that's the real difference that we're making so yeah I think that real kind of ability to just stop and reflect and um, and really kind of celebrate and share share the successes is so important because yeah majority of the time people don't even know the work you're doing or you know <laughs> or we sometimes even the team doesn't even people don't even know the team exists so yeah we've got to shout about what we're doing oh no a hundred percent well thanks again so much adam for speaking to me and so for anyone who is listening if they want to connect with you how can they best do that yeah so i'm on linkedin so adam sunderland uh, i am linkedin uh, yeah you'll find me there so yeah please do reach out and yeah just thank you to you natasha for the opportunity it's been a yeah great conversation and as you i could continue for hours <laughs> <laughs> no totally so i will be linking down below um your your profile so for anyone's listening yes, if they want to connect with you they can definitely do that through linkedin um and once again adam thank you so much and i look forward to seeing all the more great work from you and heathrow great thanks so much thanks again